Hi, my name is Jeff Reitman, and today I'm going to be talking to you about expression scripting. Expression scripting can be a powerful tool to use to push your creativity beyond the capabilities of expression standard features. Expression scripting makes use of a programming language called Visual Basic. Visual Basic was designed by Microsoft in 1993 to be easy to use and easy to learn. It has the same syntax as VBA, VBScript, and VB.net, so if you are already familiar with one or more of those languages, then you should feel right at home while scripting an expression. Anything I don't cover in this webinar regarding Visual Basic can be found on Microsoft's website as they have plenty of documentation freely available. The first decision you need to make before starting a script is deciding when you want your script to run. Expression will allow you to write your scripts on one or more of its many events, which will trigger at very specific times. Let's go over a few of those now. First, we need to have a project open. I have one open here and I'm using Expression Studio version 9.5, although Expression Designer will work just the same. We'll start with any scene, right-clicking on the scene object, and then choosing Edit Script Events. This will open up a script editor where you'll begin writing your scripts. On the left, we have a list of events that we can choose from for scripting on the scene object. There are places other than the scene object where we can write our scripts, and those places have their own list of events, but I'll be covering those soon. To choose an event, simply double-click on the name of it, and that will open up a tab at the top of your script editor window. You can then navigate between your open events to write scripts on them, or right-click on a tab and close it. Let's talk about the events that we have available to us. First, we have the on online event. A script written here will run exactly once as soon as a scene is taken online to a frame buffer. The on prepare event will trigger when expression is in sequencer mode and it is loading scenes into memory and loading data into your scenes. These scripts can trigger many times while in sequencer mode. The on before online event will trigger when the scene is taken online, but before the previous scene is taken offline. This event is great for scripting back-to-back -back events, as you'll have the ability to script around two scenes on the same layer. The on-before-offline event will run when the scene is taken offline, but before it is fully replaced by an incoming scene. This is also great for back-to-back -back scripting. The on-offline event will trigger after a scene is taken offline. The onRender event will trigger for every single rendered frame, whether in layout, on air, or in preview. You can expect scripts on this event to run repeatedly at your scene's frame rate. On preview render scripts will run while you're in sequencer and will only affect what you see in preview. On export scripts will run when you export a take item to video so you can see the result on your exported items. On scene online scripts will trigger when your scene is online and another scene is taken online to a different layer. On scene offline scripts will trigger when the scene is online and another scene is taken off of a different layer. Scripting on these last two events is like using scene triggers. Finally, we have the on scene director state event, which will trigger when your default scene director changes its state between playing, paused, or stopped. But those aren't the only events we have available. Those are just the ones we have on the scene object. We can also script on text objects as well. 
Let's right click on a text object and click Edit Script Events. The first event we have available is Onset Text. This event will trigger whenever the text value of our text object changes, whether in Layout, Preview, or On Air. The next two events cannot be triggered automatically with Expression. On Add Text and On Set Line need to be called externally by another API application or by using a script that calls on those text object methods. We can also script on an event marker. If you have an event marker in your scene, you may know that event markers cause things to happen whenever the marker enters or leaves your rendered area or has its visibility toggled. If we click Edit Event Scripts, we can see two events. On Show, which will trigger when the event marker enters your scene canvas in a visible state, and On Hide, when it leaves the scene canvas or becomes invisible. We can also script on your scene directors. Let's open up a scene director and right-click on an empty space in a track, and click Add Clip, and then choose Script. Now, right-click on your script clip, click Properties, and then click Edit Script. The On Event event will trigger when the playhead of your scene director crosses over the frame on which the clip is positioned. Scripts can also be written in your keyboard GPI mapping assignments. Let's click on the Edit menu at the top of Expression and navigate to a keyboard GPI mapping. From here, we can search the available global functions on the right and expand the line that says Scripting. We can drag out the word Script Action to our project shortcuts and then click Edit Script Action below. Now you'll see the event called On Key Press. On Key Press scripts will execute whenever the assigned keyboard shortcut is pressed or when the software receives the GPI trigger that is assigned to it. You also have the ability to write scripts that can be used as conditions within your transition logic. Simply navigate to the transition logic tab within your scene object and right click on one of your transition logic rules. Choose Add Condition and then choose Script. Now you can click Edit Script and you will see the OnTransLogic event. Now the important thing to remember about these scripts is that it is specifically looking for a true or false result. So any script that you write here must have a line suggesting that the result is true or that the result is false. That way, the condition that the script represents will pass on the true or false statement to the transition logic rule. Finally, we also have the ability to write scripts globally that can be used by any of our previously mentioned event scripts. Those are called global methods. To get there, we can either use the script menu at the top of our script editor, or we can use the edit menu at the top of expression, navigate to scripting, and then choose global methods. Global methods allow you to write methods which can be called out by name using your event scripts. The important thing to understand with these methods is that you can only use functions and sub-procedures in this area, which will not be covered in this video. 
So if you aren't aware of what those are, I would advise you to leave global methods alone for now. Now I'm going to go to the scene I have with two text objects, and I'll go back to the online event on the scene object so I can start scripting. But first, I'm going to open up a file that every expression user has on their machine. It's called the SDK help file. I should preface this by saying that no matter how experienced you are with expression scripting, it is still a good idea to have this file open and easily accessible while you are writing your scripts. There are many ways to get to this file, but if you don't have a shortcut to it on your desktop yet, you can find it by going to your Windows Start menu, scrolling down to Expression, and then choosing Expression SDK Help. If that doesn't work for you, you can navigate to where Expression is installed on your machine, usually in the C colon program files directory, then clicking on the help folder and opening Expression SDK. This file will be your go-to reference for all of your scripting ideas. The first thing I do with this file open is expand Expression API Reference and then expand Objects. I now see a list of every available object with an expression I can refer to in my scripts. And if I expand one out, I see a list of methods and properties that object can call upon. Now what are methods and properties? A method is a procedure that the object can call upon to either make something happen in expression or retrieve another object or value that you can use in your script. For example, a text object method can be called to create a continuous animation. A property, on the other hand, is a value that is attached to the object. For example, the POSX property represents the value of the text object's position along the x-axis. When we write our scripts, we will be constantly referring to this file to understand what methods we can use and what those methods require in order to be used successfully, and what values the object gives us access to as properties. Now that we've taken a glimpse at the SDK file, let's head back to Expression and begin writing our scripts. I'm going to start by going to my scene objects on online event. Now before I begin typing away, I'm going to look at some of the other information that is presented to me in the script editor. At the very top of my scripting area, I see a line that says sub on online engine as XP engine self as XP scene. This information is vital for letting me know how to begin my script. The word sub on online indicate that I'm writing a sub procedure with the given name on online, or in other words, it's a block of commands that will simply run when the word on online is called by the expression software. Now that information isn't entirely useful to me at this time, but what comes next is crucial. Engine as XP engine tells me that I've been granted all the methods and procedures native to an XP engine object that I can use simply by using the word engine. So going back to the SDK file and navigating to the XP engine object, you can see which methods and properties I already have access to. Back in expression, 
I also see the words self as XP seen. This tells me that I've been given access to all the XP scene methods and properties as well. And I can call them by using the word self. So by the power of reason and deduction, I can safely presume that the XP scene object this is referring to is most likely the scene I'm writing the script on. Now let's start typing. In the vast majority of my scripts, the first thing I need to do is declare a variable. We accomplish this by using the dim command, followed by anything we want to name our variable. I'm going to call mine my variable. So what is a variable? A variable is a word that I can create in a script and then assign it a value. The type of value that can be assigned to it depends on its data type and the action of declaring a variable includes choosing the variable's data type. So what data types can we choose? Well, there are many, many data types to choose from, but I will only cover a few here. The first one I can cover is the integer data type. Now by typing as integer after my variable's name, I'm telling the software that my variable is going to be a numerical value of some sort either positive or negative, but with no decimals. These have to be whole numbers only. Now an integer value can range roughly around negative 2 billion to positive 2 billion, but if I need to use a value outside of that range, I can instead use the long integer data type, which in Visual Basic syntax is shortened to the word long. But what if I need to use decimals? Well, in that case, I might want to use the data type called double. Doubles will encompass pretty much any number you would use and preserve any decimals it might have. But a variable doesn't necessarily have to be a number at all. By using the string data type, I can assign it a value that would represent a string of characters, including upper and lowercase letters, numbers, and even special characters. The caveat here is that any string value in any script must be enclosed in quotation marks to distinguish it from the other scripting statements. Another important data type to know is called the Boolean data type. A Boolean is simply a data type that holds a value that is either true or false. A Boolean's true or false value here is represented either with the words true or false or with the number 1 to represent a true value and the number 0 to represent a false value. The last data type I'm going to address is the object data type. To declare a variable as an object, I need to first choose what type of object to use. For that, I have all the objects listed in the SDK file. I simply pick the object I want to use for my variable and type an as followed by the name of that object. If we go back to where we saw engine as XP engine and self as XP scene, we can presume that engine and self are declared variable names with the data types XP engine and XP scene. I'm going to keep that in mind and start by declaring variables for my two text objects. 
So I'll type in dim and then give these variables a couple of names that make sense to me. Now being that these are text objects, I'm going to declare them as XP text objects. Notice how I'm able to declare multiple variables on the same line of code. I can do this as long as these variables share the same data type and are separated by commas. Okay, now that I have my two variables declared, they need to have values assigned to them. Remember, to assign a specific object to a variable, I need to retrieve that object using a method. Being that these are text objects, I know that the text objects are specific to the scene, so by virtue of that fact, I can reasonably deduce that the method for retrieving these objects is an XP scene method. So let's hop back over to the SDK file and see what methods I have that can help me. Okay, looking through these XP scene methods, I found two methods I can use to retrieve these text objects. The first one here is the getObject method. The other one I have available is the getObjectByName method. Now each of these methods has two of what we call parameters, or you can call them arguments depending on how you look at it. A parameter is a method's call for a certain kind of value to be passed into it so it can properly fulfill its task. An argument, on the other hand, is what we call the value that is being passed to the method. So in many ways, the terms parameter and argument are interchangeable. So looking at this getObject method, let's see what arguments these parameters call for. These are listed on separate lines under where it says public function get object. The first parameter says byval index as long. Byval means that the method isn't planning on making any modifications to the value being passed to it, and therefore anything that happens to the value during the course of the method's execution will not persist after the method is completed. An index is simply a numerical identifier that always begins with zero. What I mean is that the first object of its type will have an index value of zero, the second object of its type will have an index value of one, and so on, so forth. So in order for this method to run successfully and find the text object we need and assign it to our variable, we need to know its index. Well, index values in expression tend to be either based on the object's order of creation or its position within its list, such as the object manager. Now I can tell you only by experience that expression indexes object and the object manager by their position within it and not by their order of creation. But there are other areas, such as with scene directors, that their index is determined by their order of creation and not by their position in the list. So if you're not quite sure about its index, then perhaps the get blank by name method is a better try. And on that note, let's take a look at the get object by name method. The first parameter calls for name as string. Well, we know that a string is going to be a string of characters enclosed in quotes. 
and I can reasonably infer that the name is referring to the object's name in the object manager. So the argument I would need to pass to get text1 would be quote text1 end quote. This sounds like an easier method to work with for now, so let's use it. Going back to my script editor, being that this method is an XPC method, I need to initiate it by making a call to my scene variable, which is called self. So I'll type in self, and then I'll follow it with a period. A period will always separate a variable from its methods and properties. You can see that as soon as I type the period, the script editor gave me a list of methods and properties for its autocomplete feature. I can start by typing the name of the method, which was getObjectByName, and then navigate to the method and press enter to autocomplete. Now I need to open up a pair of parentheses. The parentheses will always be used to carry your arguments. So now that I have the parenthesis, I'm going to deliver my first argument, which is name as string. The name of our text object in the object manager is text1, but we need to deliver it as a string, so we need to put it in quotes. Okay, now that I have the first argument completed, I'm going to type a comma, which will always be used to separate my arguments. Now let's go back to the SDK file and see what the second argument needs to be. Alright, it says here, by ref base object as XP base object. By ref, in contrast to by val, means that the value will be altered by the method and any changes made to it will persist after the method completes. This is a huge hint that the argument it is looking for is the variable which the object will be assigned to. The rest of the parameter says base object as XP base object. It uses the term base object because this method can be used to get any object from the object manager, not just text objects. But I can tell you that this parameter is looking for our variable, so I'm going to go ahead and type that in. Okay, I see that my method isn't looking for any more arguments, so at this point it is safe to close my parentheses and move on to the next line of code. Now at this point, I should have the text1 object assigned to my first variable. Now I just need to get my second variable filled. So I'm going to repeat the process, having self call for the getObjectByName method, and then this time using the name text2 in quotes as my string argument, and my second variable as the other argument. Awesome. Now I have both my text objects assigned to both my variables. Now what can I do? Well, I can do anything I want using the XP text object methods and properties now, because those have just been made available to me. But for this demonstration, I'm simply going to make the text value of my text2 object equal the text value of my text1 object. This way, no matter what I have typed into text2, when the scene goes online, its value should be the same as text1's. To do this, I need to first call the property that is receiving the new value. In this case, 
it's the text property of text2. So to make that call, I type in the name of my variable, which is my text2, and then follow it with the period. Again, once I have typed the period, the script editor gives me a list of options for autocomplete. As I'm looking for the text property of the object, I'll start by typing in the word text, and as you can see, the property is available in this list. So I'll hit enter and I'll let it autocomplete. Now that I've called upon the text property of text2, I want it to equal the text value of text1. So I'll type in the equal sign, which tells the script that I want to give my text2 object a new text value. I'll follow this by calling for the text property of text1 by typing in the variable name, typing a period, and then typing in the word text. At this point, your first script is complete. The last thing you must always do before you do anything else is compile the script. When you compile, you are asking the software to check your script for errors and make sure the script can be executed. To compile, simply click the orange lightning bolt at the top of the script editor or press the F7 shortcut. Below, under where it says messages, you can see that the script has compiled successfully. So at that point, it's safe to close our script editor. We'll head to the sequencer, take our scene online, and then test the result. Congratulations, you've just written a script and expression.